0: Welcome to Grayson Thirty on WERALP, Arlington, ninety-six point seven FM. This is Ed Melick, and I'm joined by my co-host Sal Dietry. Sal, how are you
1: today? And I'm doing well, my man. Look, the scarcity of affordable housing in Arlington is a real problem. We we all know it. We all see it in the papers. Homes here, small little homes like mine, selling for you know large amounts of money, but. You know, today's guests are an organization that have been trying and and addressing this problem for 40 years, realizing it takes more than bricks and mortar to build a successful home and community. They also offer a residential service program that provides a host of services to kids, teens, adults, even seniors in this community. Listeners, this is a great opportunity for you to get involved as a volunteer, as a tutor, as a mentor, and help make these places a home. Ed, give us some stats on tonight's guest, my man. AHC, formerly known as the Arlington Housing
0: Corporation, was founded back in 1975 as a grassroots nonprofit home improvement program for low and moderate income homeowners in Arlington and is recognized as a major force in maintaining a diversity of housing. As low and moderate income housing became increasingly hard to find throughout the mid-Atlantic region, AHC evolved to answer the need. To date, they've developed 50 projects providing more than 6,500 affordable homes in the region, and they are the oldest and largest developer of affordable housing in Arlington, where 24 of their properties are located. Their award-winning resident services program impacts the lives of more than 3,000 children and adults through 70 community centers in Arlington and five in Maryland. Today, we're joined by Jennifer Endo, the director of resident services at AHC, and Chris Banks, a tutor at one of their community centers in the Arlington area. Jennifer and Chris, welcome to Grayson 30. Thank you.
2: Thanks, great to be here.
1: Yeah, welcome. What what a great mission, uh, you know, and hats off to you, Chris. You know, you're a young man here, you know, stepping up and, and tutoring some of these kids, in, uh, you know, who, who, like I said in the beginning, are looking for, you know, a community uh, in these affordable housing areas. Look, um, Jennifer, give us a snapshot of your resident service program. What's this all about?
2: Sure. So, like you said, AHC started 40 years ago with the purpose of providing affordable housing, and then about 23 years ago, at just a property not too far from here in Arlington, uh, there were a bunch of kids hanging around, and somebody had the great idea, t- uh, rather than to shoo them away, <laughs> to... Uh, invite them in. So they took what could have been an apartment and turned it into a small community center and said, you know, kids come in, what can we do? And um, it was a great idea because the program has grown tremendously over the past 20 plus years. And uh, it's just a great way to deliver the services. It's very flexible. um, It's very convenient. It takes away all the barriers. Um, We have teens who participate who couldn't get there if they needed to rely on their parents for a ride. It feels very comfortable because it's actually where people live.
1: That's great. You know, Ed, we've we've heard this story so many times on the show about grassroots, about how a few people saw a couple kids and decided to jump in. I mean, you you, uh, had that experience with DC Scores when you went down and interviewed them. Yep. You know, where's the program offered, uh, your resident services program, uh, particularly here in Arlington, but just in the DC area? Where's it offered?
2: Sure. So we have uh, seven centers here in Arlington, four in South Arlington, and three in North Arlington. And they're really scattered throughout. They're just in some of our larger apartment complexes where we had the space to offer the the community programs.
1: And uh, what services do you offer? You're sort of focused on literacy or you got a, a whole bunch of things you guys are doing?
2: Yeah, we do a whole bunch of things, because it's residential. The ages range from 0 to 100, so we do a lot of different things. But our main focus has developed over the years into working with students, kindergarten through 12th grade, and that's really because here in Northern Virginia, the reality is that most of the parents need to be focused on working, and so uh, we kind of went where the energy was. I remember uh, when I used to go out to the centers, you know, I've worked at HC for a long time, and I used to go out and do the direct services myself, and the kids always knew what my car looked like and they'd track me down and that just seemed to be where the where the most uh, interest was so we've developed um, programs we have after school programs for kindergarten through fifth grade and the students um, the you know, come right after school and stay with us until about six o'clock when their parents get home. And it's really a win-win situation for everybody because it keeps the kids positively occupied after school. The parents love it because they know that the kids are safe and supervised until they get home. And um, the kids love it because it's a lot of fun. And um, the schools appreciate us because we offer a lot of academic support. The focus of that K-5 through program is um, literacy. And so we really, uh, our goal is to make sure that the kids are reading on grade level before they go to middle school
1: yeah you know I need you to come by my house uh, <laughs> keep my kids occupied and, and straight from uh, until 6 o'clock but you know hey as a working parent my wife works you know we both have have careers three reach kids at home I, I can deeply appreciate what you're saying here and again I, this idea of turning these sort of housing into homes uh, and playing that role and I love that image of you pulling up in your cars and kids kind of running out to see you that sort of joy um, so how many residents do you serve? I, give me a ballpark on this on uh, a weekly basis or an annual basis.
2: Sure, we serve about 150 to 200 kids per week when you add it up at all of the centers. And I talked about the K-5 through program, and then we also have an important program, which is what Chris is a part of, uh, where we work with 6th through 12th graders. And that's really more um, tutoring. Uh, but we also try to talk to the kids about uh, career possibilities, what they think they want to do eventually. We we talk about it, um, and it's a term, I'm not sure where it originated, but we call it their spark. We mm-hmm. try to help them find their spark um, because uh, you know, some of them love school, some of them don't, just like all kids. And so um, it's really about figuring out what does excite them? What is their motivation? What, what do they think their gifts are? And so we really try to uh, make sure that everybody has something they feel good about and that they're comfortable sharing. Yeah, and you're
1: doing this on site, right? I mean, you're not, you don't have to travel or anything like that.
2: Right. That's the beauty of the program is that it's right where the residents live. And so, like I was saying before, I think they feel really comfortable. They um, just they get to know each other, too. And really, um, you know, our philosophy is that everybody has, you know, gifts to share. And so they bring those to the community center. And it's a place where they can really shine and grow and thrive.
0: So, so you mentioned Chris, which is a perfect segue into asking him, mm-hmm. what, what are the programs you're involved in? What have you been doing there for the past
3: three years, correct? Correct. So I've been a tutor for the past three years in the teen tutoring program, and I was actually recommended uh, to this program by a co-worker. I came with him. We had it was I was here for about a couple of months in this area. I've been only here for about three years, and he asked me if I wanted to go to a tutoring program. I wanted to be more invested in my community, so I came by and immediately loved it. Um, it was the, the thought and the, the realization that I could have a connection with someone and then how that connection can turn into a relationship that could um, breed positive results, that being education. So, I loved the program, immediately signed on as a tutor and I've been doing it for the past three years. So, so, I have to ask, is this helping you to discover your spark? Uh, It helps me fulfill my spark. I think um, my spark was started my senior year in college. Um, I got involved with a campaign that was looking to improve the working conditions of the cafeteria workers on campus. And in seeing that and doing that, you know, I realized providing people with a fair shake or with the tools to have um, equal opportunity as others is something that I'm very passionate about. And as we all know, education is the great equalizer. And so when you can impart into these to the children and to the teens, uh, the importance of education, and then also put in aspects of your work and your education to get them interested, I think that helps them realize their spark.
0: Do you guys have any statistics about the success of these programs? I know I've read on the site something to the effect of a hundred percent of high school graduation rate versus a typical one and two graduation rate for those communities. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. We're very proud of that particular statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we track and measure um, reading progress when the, the, with the younger kids, and then uh, the older ones set goals, both academic and social, and um, or, you know, what are related to their spark, and we track that as cool. well. But really, the culmination of the program and the ultimate goal is to have them graduate from high school and figure out a great path for them after that. And a lot of times that's college, and we encourage that, or community college, but it's a um, and something else too.
0: So you guys are data-driven. Yes.
2: <laughs> you <They> have <laughs> I, to be in this day and age, right? I think I also very read
0: true. 75% or 80% of the students go to college.
2: hmm That's about right. Which is it varies a little bit from year to year, but um, we're very proud of our graduates.
0: So Chris, give me a favorite story, and, and we don't have to name names. We like to keep things sanitized around here, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. is there something somebody you worked with uh, and, and you helped them unleash their spark and you've really
3: made an impact working with them in their lives? Yeah, so the the student, the student that I currently tutor, he, I asked him one day what he would like to do as far as uh, future goals in education. And so I've, I found out that you have to have a connection with the student that you tutor to, to build that relationship. And then off of that relationship, you can actually do some positive things with their schoolwork. They'll be more invested in it. And he told me he wanted to be a lawyer. I uh, then asked him what school he wanted to go to, and he, he uh, picked out Virginia Tech. So we went to Virginia Tech's website, looked at some few majors he would be interested in, and so I then I, I told him, okay, if you want to be a lawyer, you have to love how to, you have to learn and love reading and writing, and so it was a focus then to expand his vocabulary. So every week we would start off with a new word, and it would be A, a word for that that was a word that he didn't know for A, and then B the next week, and I think we got all the way to J or K. And so there were new words that he learned, and he was actually putting those words into his assignments and papers. Um, but it was, it was learning that, and then seeing him write his papers, and, and me holding him to a standard of, no, you know that word is spelled incorrectly, or no, you can do that actually. Thinking is difficult, but it will, it will produce something that you will like at the end. And so we, we had wrote this, we had written this paper, and at the end of it, you know, after multiple drafts and after finishing it, he actually really enjoyed it and liked it. And I asked him what he got on it, he got an excellent grade. And so that then I could see him like, okay, this is something that I can do. And just fostering that that sense of hard work and that sense of commitment um, is excellent. How long have you been working with him? This is my, so this will be my second full year. And, and
0: what grade is he in? He's now a freshman in high school. Okay, so you got some time to to mold and shape here. <laughs> I do, I and do. Get him ready. He's a great guy. So, so hopes are high. Most definitely. Good for you. Y- yeah, you mentioned some of the things on the phone when we talked about helping those who need the tools uh, to live uh, an equitable life and public service adequacy uh, or advocacy. Um, and, and Would you say those are the two core things that really spark
3: you or are there other things as well that, that get you going? I'd say those are the, the two things that spark me. I, um, in my experience those go in, in a myriad of different ways as far as breaking down barriers for those who may not be able to afford housing especially in an area such as the metro D.C. area with the high cost of living. Um, or with, within education, um, doing certain things, so with AHC, when they have the model housing plus education equals success, that's exactly what you know I, I believe can lead to, to a successful life, so being a part of it and um, listening to Jennifer talk about their services throughout the years in the community is something that I'm proud to be with. Yeah, maybe give uh, listeners a snapshot of
0: just your background, where you went to school, how long you've been out, where you're working now,
3: yeah, so I did my undergraduate degree was in neuroscience at Emory University at the time. I wow. wanted Yeah, at the time <laughs> I wanted to be a doctor, uh, but then I took organic chemistry and physics and then I knew I wasn't going to be a doctor. <laughs> um, so then I, went, I, I was searching and got involved with a campaign to improve wages and working conditions for the cafeteria workers on campus, loved that, and got into organizing. So I was a community organizer. Was that organizer. about sophomore year or junior year? That was my senior, senior. year. So I, I got into community organizing, union organizing for about two years, realized that was my passion in, in regards to labor um, and handing, allowing folks to have equal opportunity in that regard and got my master's in labor relations at Cornell University. Wow. And then after graduation, um, received a job with the Department of Labor for two years, well, since 2014, the past two years, working as a budget analyst. So Good for you. Man, thank you. Impressive background. Um,
2: and you look so young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sure does. I get it all the
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you up to Pittsburgh where I grew up. There's a lot of union labor up
3: there <laughs> They would love to have a guy <laughs> like this. Yeah,
1: Pittsburgh's a beautiful city.
0: <laughs> so this is actually a good breaking point for me to do a quick uh, Station ID and let you guys wet your whistle and take a break. You're listening to Grace and 30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. We're joined by Jennifer Endo, the Director of resident Services at AHC, and Chris Banks, a tutor at one of their community centers in the Arlington area. We're talking about AHC's work providing life-enhancing services to the residents of their low and mixed income housing communities.
1: Yeah, Jennifer, tell us uh, some stories, of course you can't name names, but uh, tell us a couple stories about uh, some of your favorite people or experiences that you've had over the years uh, with AHC.
2: Sure. Um, The first one that pops into my mind is a young woman um, that we've worked with for many, many years since she was little. And that's one of the beautiful things about the program, too, is that we get to see the same kids year after year. And so um, just like Chris, who's been involved for three years, I mean, we get to see them grow up. And that's really gratifying. And uh, so this particular young woman always had a lot of spark, (laughs) a lot of fire (laughs) even. And um, so we helped her channel it uh, much to her mother's, um, delight, you delight. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she um, got involved with writing a grant to a local funder that um, wanted to see grant proposals from youth. And so she got the whole group involved, but she was definitely the ringleader. And they decided that they were going to make meals for the homeless. And so they they did. They got they wrote the grant. They got they got it. They made lots of meals for the homeless. They delivered them. It was um, quite an experience for everybody because uh, for two reasons. One because 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 I think they just... um got to appreciate what they had, uh, but also I think they hadn't always seen themselves necessarily as givers. Maybe they'd been the recipient of of help before, and so it was a really powerful experience to uh, realize how much they could give and how um, much that meant to other people. They uh, would prepare the meals themselves and take it to a homeless shelter and interact with the people who were enjoying the food, so it was just a great experience, and I just saw her grow so much and take this you know high energy that she had that was really a gift of hers and turn it into something really positive positive. and now she's a senior in high school and she um you know I'm excited to see where she goes to college because she's got a great future ahead of her
1: <laughs> that's great yeah, I, I saw a story about a gentleman named Henry Morales who I think is, is he says he's been involved for as long as he can remember the other thing that strikes me about your organization when I look at the leadership you know they've been there a long time this 40-year journey together some of them just started out, you know, repairing, doing some of the work, and are now in the leadership there. Tell us a little bit about what inspires you all to be on this 40-year journey together, because that's pretty rare in any organization to see people there, you know, from start to finish. I mean, this truly, really is a grassroots organization.
2: Yeah, well, it's just been exciting. I know I can't speak for everyone, but for myself, you know, I started at a time when we didn't really have as many resources and we just were able to grow and expand the program. And it's just been so gratifying. I mean, I used to go out to the centers and do the work myself. And, you know, to hear Chris's story and to realize that I did something to help make that possible, but yet he's the one that's there, you know, just mentoring this youth. And I know it's making a huge difference. It's just, it's just so exciting exciting and heartwarming really to to hear that.
1: Yeah, we talked about uh, services for for youth and and teens, but uh, what about some of your services to adults and seniors?
2: Sure, we partner a lot uh, with other great organizations in Arlington County to provide services for adults. So we have some on-site ESL classes, a lot of our uh, residents are from other countries and are learning English, and particularly for the parents that can take a while. So um, organizations like REAP And, um, you know, we also uh, offer uh, programs, just anything we can do to help. We work with AFAC to provide weekly groceries, and that really helps families economically, Um, all kinds of services. And then a special niche is is working with the senior citizens. We do a lot with the seniors on health and wellness, and um, including um, some creative programs, like we have one with the educational theater company where um, people get to tell their stories.
1: That's great. Yeah, I, you know, my own experience, I, I volunteered for many years um, with Hogar Espano and they ran their ESL program uh, here in Arlington. Uh, and as you say, you know, I was just, uh, first of all, the gratitude that people give to you for just something like helping them, which is a huge thing to speak English. And then people would always come up and say, look, I've got a problem with my rent, I've got a problem with this or that, can you help me? And it is incredibly rewarding to spend time with people and be able to to feel like you're empowered enough to say, call this person, call that person, here's how I can help you. I mean, really, it, it is an incredibly rewarding experience, especially with the Latino community, because they are so, so grateful for the help and service that we give them.
0: So when we spoke on the phone, you mentioned, you said something that struck me. You said you're mission-driven and not prof- profit-driven. And I just wanted, could you expand just a little bit on that? Because that says a lot about your organization.
2: Sure. I think that's the difference between a nonprofit and a for-profit. I mean, a for-profit is, uh, their goal is is largely to make money, and um, our goal is uh you know we, we need to make money in order to reinvest to keep um, focused on our mission but really it's about our purpose and our main purpose is to provide safe decent affordable housing for people of um, lower and more moderate incomes and then on top of that we um, you know believe in providing the services because it really is what takes uh, the house and makes it more of a home and gives people the tools that they need to really um, stabilize and improve their lives.
1: Yeah, I want to ask you a question. Uh, you know, affordable housing is hard to come by in Arlington County. Um, Arlington County, I think, is has been on the forefront of this issue for many years. It's very supportive of it. Uh, you know, any thoughts on how we look at this as we move forward here in areas like Arlington County? We're going to have to get more creative. Uh, we're going to have to look at new options for for affordable housing. The, the R&B corridor continues to grow here. Uh, You know, there's a lot of pressure on the school systems around here. Any any thoughts on that, just generally, how we can sort of come together again as a community, get creative, and, uh, you know, kind of grow these programs?
2: Right. Well, we we have, um, I think, over the last 10, 15 years, gotten very creative. Um, The uh, story of the building where my offices are now is, um, it was a big parking lot that went with some garden apartments that we'd owned since the 80s. And so we ended up putting the parking underground and building on top of it. And that was a lot cheaper than buying a piece of land that size in Arlington County. And we actually built two buildings. One are condos that we sold for as much as we could because it was near the metro. And then, and that subsidized the entire building of 108 affordable apartments.
1: Yeah, and you know, you've got me thinking, I want to give a shout out to one of our guests, um, uh, Pastor uh, Sarah Harrison McQueen at Central United Methodist Church here in Arlington, where they are literally reinventing themselves, and uh, they're going to replace the building that they've had, which has been in Arlington a long time. It predates the Boston Metro, and they're going to have a mix of, uh, through a nonprofit that they're creating, a mix of affordable housing and market rate and a worship center there. And that may be a trend that we see here in Arlington County. I think the, uh, the Presbyterian Church down on Columbia Pike, which mm-hmm. is famous for their uh, clothing bank. My wife and I have gone there for probably 10 years. Wonderful people, beautiful place, are doing the same thing. Do you see that sort of private partnership, um, perhaps with, with churches or community organizations, as, as maybe another way forward?
2: Definitely. We're um, working with a couple of churches actually in Alexandria and doing that because a lot of churches are struggling and they're trying to figure out how to use this asset that they have, which is usually a big piece of land, and um, to turn that into a community benefit. And that benefit often is affordable housing since there's such a need for it. So you can create space where you have the housing, the services, and a sanctuary.
1: Yeah, what I love about Central United Methodist is it's a 70 person congregation. So, you know, we mm-hmm. always think, oh, we can't tackle this issue. It's, it's the job of governments and, you know, real estate corporations to figure this out. 70 people reached within their heart and soul and are creating an environment like that in the heart of Boston, one of the most expensive places in the United States to have housing or, or a business. And jump in here.
0: Um, well, I heard Celia, she's here somewhere. You brought along a guest who works with you. And when we were talking on the phone last week, she, she called Chris the secret sauce the resident service program, and uh, I, I just want uh, Jennifer, maybe you to explain what she, what she meant by that.
2: Sure, I can take a guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, uh, the volunteers I just admire so much. Um, you know, here people are so busy in the Washington area. You know, there's never enough time for everything. And these are people who choose to give an hour or two hours of their week um, to dedicate to youth who, who need some help. And so by the secret sauce, I think she means I mean, we have a lot of wonderful staff and they do a lot of wonderful work with the kids, but you can never give them enough attention and when a volunteer comes in and they're dedicated to that one youth you know that that child at least once a week is and and really we have them come every night of the week so a few times a week is getting someone's undivided attention and the benefit of their story I think that the volunteers really end up sharing their own story and that's such a powerful thing the kids say oh you, you had some struggles, oh, your path wasn't linear. <laughs> you know, they, they, they realize that um, growing up isn't easy and they really gain so much from that relationship. And so that's the secret sauce.
0: <laughs> so it's really continuity in the in, in the relationship and the tutoring, you'd like to see people that get involved and, and volunteer and stick with it over several years so they build a relationship with the student, correct?
2: Uh, absolutely. That's a key
0: point, good. Um, any other keys to the success of the program, you know, Chris, that you see that uh, besides the continuity working with the kids, you know, consistently over a period of time?
3: Uh, I, would, I would have to say making it seem as if it's a, it, m- making it more of a home, making, the, making it community driven. Um, and again, that comes with telling your own story, connecting with the student uh, when you are in your session. And you know, the tutors are just a great group of people. I've met a few tutors that have been there for five or six years. One tutor actually comes twice a week. Um, But you find yourself really wanting to be involved and really looking forward to that hour that you have with the child and Every week I do see tutors staying 15 and 30 minutes over Um, And we're actually there closing down the building trying to get that last assignment done and making sure that they are studying properly for that quiz Or that test coming up Um, and then just imparting to them some of your wisdom and some of your successes and failures um, in regards to education and letting them know that it's always it's not always non-linear. There, there will be some bumps along the road, but that if you keep that focus, um, you can accomplish your, your goals in life.
1: Chris, look, we always give our guests a chance to give a call to action, a shout-out to our listeners. What would be sort of a general call to action to all listeners,
3: you know, to get involved, something like that? Uh, become invested in your community where you stay. Um, become involved in and in what you uh, in, in the place that your tax uh, money goes to and, and just l- learn to give, learn to love. I figured out that in life, you know, a rewarding life is one that is uh, one that has given to others and this is a, an excellent way to do this. AHC and Jennifer, they have an excellent program um, and they're very accommodating. Sometimes you'll, you'll be encountered with things that you may not know how to do, um, whether they be math problems or science <laughs> problems but you can definitely get help with other tutors in the room or with the students themselves. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a relationship that I'm seeing now will be a lifelong one. Yeah, this guy is the secret sauce, man. We're <laughs> going to have to give him a nickname. He's, he's like A1. We're going to have to give him a nickname on <laughs> the show from the now answer. on. The answer. He
1: is. is. <laughs> this is great.
0: We need him on the show. <laughs> the other thing you mentioned was, you know, you guys, and this is a recurring theme on the show, is, is people, when they step in and they volunteer, they get just as much,
3: if not more, out of the experience as the kids that they're working with. And do, do you find that's the case, Chris? I do. I do. It's, um, I, I, I did it for the first year, and then I was excited to do it again, and now I look forward to building that relationship and building those connections as this year goes along. My student actually went to his middle school graduation last year. He invited me. Um, and just knowing that you're part of his family, meeting his family, his sisters, his mother, um, you realize the importance that your role has, and that even makes it that much more rewarding and, and fulfilling. Excellent. Uh, Jennifer, how about you? A call to action to the listeners.
2: Well, if you want to get involved, AHC is a great place to do it. We've uh, we need, we use volunteers after school if that's a convenient time for you, and you can help a child with literacy. You can chaperone some field trips. There's all kinds of ways to get involved. And uh, as Chris said, we try to be really flexible because we do understand people's schedules. And then also um, with the tutoring, as you know, just like Chris, we need people to come and talk to the youth, help them with their. Home homework, um, just be there for them, be an important relationship in their lives. And I've had many tutors tell me it's their favorite part of the week.
0: Oh, excellent. It is. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention is you, you have 50 locations. and. I, for properties of the community centers at six locations or seven
2: so yeah we have seven centers here in Arlington okay. and then we have about five community centers up in um, Baltimore uh, one in Silver Spring so um, but we we own a lot of properties but we don't have resident services at every property yeah what
0: I'd like to do is get a link to the properties where you do have those services because I gotta believe a number of our listeners are close by they could even walk to these centers and, and, and sort of do this work. it's Chris, you're taking a metro and a bus to get over there and back, which is you're really stepping up mm-hmm. to the plate. But um, for some people listening, they, they're nearby. This could be a very convenient way to do some volunteer work.
2: So it's www.ahcinc.org. And there's a volunteer form you can fill out and somebody will contact you. But we we'd love to hear from you.
1: Great. Look, thank you, Jennifer and Chris. I appreciate your time. Time's flying here. So, look, we got to wrap it up. But for listeners who want to find more about AHC, please visit them on the web at ahcinc.org. We'll also be posting information on our Facebook and Twitter pages at Gracein30 and on our website, gracein30.com. If you know someone locally or nationally be a great guest, you can contact Ed or I, sal at gracein30.com or ed at gracein30.com. A recording of this show can be found 24 hours later Uh, on the WERA website. Uh, The show will re-air on 8.30 uh, a.m. this coming Sunday. Ed, uh, who we got on the show next week, man? Next week, we'll be uh, interviewing two doctors from uh, U.S. Oncology,
0: also known as Virginia Cancer Specialists. They won the Governor's 2016 Volunteerism and Community Service Award for their work with cancer patients at the Arlington Free Clinic. Great stuff. Um, this is Ed and Sal signing off from Grace and 30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. Have a great day and be sure to tune in to Grace.